Guys, Merry Christmas! If you have been sleeping on watching your Christmas movies, this is your chance right now. This week is your last week to get them in, to listen to Jingle Bells, to do all the things. I mean, some of you are going to go past the new year because you're heathens, but you know, that's why you're here at church and I'm glad you're here. So welcome to Life Church Livonia. If this is your first time, my name is Alex. I'm one of the pastors here. It's great to be here together today. And if this is your first time, I want to direct you to our digital bulletin. Our digital bulletin is where you can sign up for everything going on. It's just a page on our website. It's linked in the description of this video. And if you go there, it'll just show everything that's happening in our world as Life Church Livonia and how you can get involved with those things. So the things I want to tell you about today are Christmas, Christmas, and Christmas. So let me start with Christmas times, okay? So we're not going to be meeting in person next Sunday at all. We're just going to be restreaming our Christmas Eve service, which will also be streamed on Saturday at 4 p.m. So you can join us in person Saturday at 4 p.m. or you can join us online. Sunday, the day of Christmas. We're not doing nothings, okay? You know what I'm saying? And then the first of the year, we're also not doing in-person service, but we will have our digital service. So that's the first Christmas thing I want you to know about. Now say with me, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. The second one is about Christmas cookies. So normally we have coffee and donuts at church, but on Christmas Eve, we're asking you to bake some great Christmas cookies and bring those instead of the donuts. Don't worry, they'll still be coffee. I know some of you need your caffeine and you get a little feisty without it. So we got you covered there, but we want you to bring the Christmas cookies. And the last Christmas thing is about our series, Simply Christmas. Now, we made some cards, we have a Facebook event, and those are tools for you. Tools to do what you ask, I'm so glad you asked. Listen, there are people in your circle of influence who do not know Jesus, who are far from God, and who are willing to check out church just because it's Christmas. And I have some of the cards from in-person service, and I have been praying for a divine appointment to invite my neighbors to our service. And so what I want you to do is take a second, in a moment we're going to pray over our people, our circle of influence, and I want you to pray with me. And right now I just want you to ask the Lord, God, who do you want me to invite to our Christmas Eve service? Who do you want me to invite? And whatever name, whatever face is coming to mind, I want to challenge you to make that in by either by inviting them via our Facebook event or by giving them a physical card so that they might come to our Christmas Eve service and they might come to know Jesus. After our Christmas Eve service, the next service we're starting is called A Flourishing Life, and I just really want to invite you uh, to join us for that, because in the winter, everything dies, right? We're in Michigan, everything dies, and we feel it. Depression's higher, loneliness is higher, motivation is lower, energy is lower, and so we commit to these New Year resolutions to try to get out of the funk, but they don't really produce lasting change. And even when they do get us to a short-term goal, they don't make us a new kind of person. And so what we want to do is look at how does God want us to have a flourishing life in every season of our life, winter or not? And what does the Bible say about what it takes to create a flourishing life? So we're going to be doing that series in January, and I want to invite you to week one of that digitally only on the first. But we're going to pray, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to just prepare our hearts as Alex Sr. comes and brings God's word for us this morning. So, Lord, I just pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds, Jesus, that as we hear your word this morning and as we hear from Alex Sr., Lord, that uh, you would bring people, places, situations, instances to our mind, Lord, and you would speak to us in a powerful way that only you can do. 
And Lord, I pray that we would leave changed. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Life Church, I'm so glad to be with you. And I am so glad that we get to celebrate Christmas together. And God has something for us today, right now, right here, if we'll receive it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to our time in the Word today. And we're going to be talking about how do we find our way. You know, there's all these things we want to find. Hope and life and all this. How do we find our way? Because the Christmas story really is about a journey of people seeking to find their way. Uh, I'm going to start with a, just a story. And it's not a Christmas story, but it is a messed up story. And uh, last year, you know, the, the pandemic, everything going on. And I, I got a little stir crazy and I just felt like I needed a goal. To, I needed to kind of aim for something because I was just getting, uh, I was, the couch was killing me. It was like pulling me down all the time. And I, I needed to go and do something adventuresome. So I signed up for a 50 kilometer race. And it, it's not a 50 kilometer run. I've done one of those before. It's a race. And the reason it's called a race is because you may not be running the whole time. You have to, I had to run, I had to kind of, traverse a river up to my chest and I <laughs> through a swamp scrabble up mud but when that race started started 6 a.m and uh and we headed into the woods and if you know right now 6 a.m it's dark so it was dark and so we had to wear headlamps and we're scrabbling around there's all these kind of rocky protrusions and, and it was really rough terrain and my headlamp went out about a mile into the race and I'm going downhill down these slippery rocks. I slipped once, cut myself, and I'm thinking, do I need to turn around and go back? And my, I can't get my headlamp to work, and I'm lost in the dark. I can't see the path because I don't have light. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do, and I, I pull out my iPhone, and, um, and you know, I, I really love the flashlight on iPhone, but you wouldn't believe how weak that is in the middle of the woods in the darkness. And so I'm trying to run and, and not walk and, and, and hold my iPhone out and, and slip down. Uh, but praise God, I had that iPhone because I wouldn't have been able to know which way to go. But because I had the iPhone, I, it reminded me of a scripture, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And just like God, you know, God says his words like that, my iPhone helped me see the path and I eventually got out and... Um, I won't tell you the rest of the story. I did survive, but it was treacherous. And you're like, you're messed up. And yeah, I am. I, I own that. And I want you to know something too. You're messed up. It's part of call it the human condition. We're all messed up. Let's just have a confession. It feels so good when you just go, you know, I'm, I'm not okay and neither are you, okay? Now, you're a beautiful person made in the image of God, but we all got our issues. And I wanted to complete this race, but I want you to think about this. The truth is we are all on a journey. And I want you to take a minute and think about where are you on a journey to? Where are you going? What are you looking for? What are you hoping to find? You might say, I'm on a journey to find meaning. I want to know, is there something more? I'm on a journey to find purpose. Is, if there is something more, do I have an actual role or part I play? Do I, am, I, I'm a, am I a part of God's plan for what he wants to do in this world? Maybe you're on a journey to find life. We were made by God. We were made for God to flourish in him. Maybe you're on a journey to find love. God made us for love relationships with himself and with others, but we often 
find ourselves lost on that path, don't we? Isolated and alone. Maybe you're on a journey to find hope. And hope is the confident expectation that God has better days ahead. We're all on a journey. What are you hoping to find? In our passage today, in the Christmas story, we're doing a series called Simply Christmas. We are going to look at some people who are on a journey and they're trying to find their way to God. They're trying to find their way to life. They're trying to find their way to hope. And it's a story we may know very well, but we need to see it maybe through a different lens. It's a story about this group of travelers called the Magi. And uh, they're found in the Gospel of Matthew. And Matthew includes their story, and he records this part of their story because he wants us to help us see our part in this story. They are an example to us, just like the Magi were on a journey to find God, to find life, to find purpose, to find hope. So too are we. They're an example to us. And the question is, how do the Magi find hope? And how do they find God? And very simply, This is the whole big idea of the morning. The Magi find God by responding to the light God gives them. And you could argue that the entire Bible is about how people, people finding their way or not finding their way based on whether they respond to the light they're given. And God gives the Magi, he actually gives them four lights. We're going to look at three lights this morning as part, of, uh, as part of the Christmas story. So first they receive the light of God's star. In Matthew 2, chapter, verses 1 and 2, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east. And have come to worship him. Now astronomers tell us that there was uh, a star that shone brightly in the eastern sky uh, around the time of Jesus' birth. And that star was there for everyone to see. And this is really, really, really important. The Jews could have seen it. The Pharisees and Sadducees could have seen it. Herod, the king at that time, could have seen it. Anyone who looked into the sky could have seen it. Yet only the Magi followed the star in order to find Jesus. And it's important for us to think about the Magi and who they were. This should give us some encouragement. There's an old Christmas song, We Three Kings, We Three Kings of Orient are. I know, leave a comment, thank you. I'm performing next Friday. Uh, Anyway, I'll stop there. But the Magi weren't really kings, and we don't know if there were three or more of them. We know there were three gifts, and that's why we think there are three kings. But here's what we do know. This is really important. They were a combination, this interesting combination of priests, so they were religious leaders, scientists, so they studied the phenomenon of, of the earth and understanding things as they are. They were astronomers, and they were wise men. As one commentator wrote, In ancient Babylon and Persia, which was the ruling empire of the world for for a a long uh, period of history, in ancient Babylon and Persia, they became the most prominent and powerful group of advisors in the empire. Historians tell us that no Persian was ever able to become king without mastering the scientific and religious disciplines of the Magi and then being approved and crowned by them, the Magi, 
they were known as the kingmakers. And so this journey of theirs actually takes on so much meaning and depth because this group was known as the kingmakers and they're going to find this king, Jesus, who they don't quite know yet. So God led these wise men to the Messiah because that's what he does. He reveals himself to those who are looking for him. And the amazing thing about the story, and really I want you to hear this, is that these wise men were not Jewish. They did not grow up with all the same information and training that the Jewish people. They were outsiders. They were people who were not the people of God. They were not of the faith. And by this, God is telling us that Jesus came to be the Savior of all humankind. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your ethnicity is. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, male or female, whether you're a genius or you're intellectually challenged, like, you know, maybe me, but none of this matters. What matters and what this story teaches us is that God will reveal himself to those who will seek him and respond to his light. God said this in Jeremiah 29, 13. Uh, And you're going to see one version of that. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. Another way that verse is phrased is you will seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. Are you a God seeker? Because that's who these wise men were. And God promises to every seeker that they will find him if they search for him with all their heart. And they respond to the light, the direction he gives them. Another key lesson is this. These men met God in the midst of their work. They didn't have to check out of life just so they could find God and explore things. They were doing their work and and God revealed himself in the course of their work. They were doing their jobs. How about you? Where is God bringing light into your circumstances today? God may be speaking to you through the counsel of a close friend or a parent or a relative, through an event, or a book, or an invitation. Anytime you're listening for God's voice to give you direction. I remember uh, many times when this happened. I remember one time as a, in my 20s, I was newly following Christ. Marcy and I had um, been married for about a year, and we said, okay, we, it's time for us to serve. We need to ask, pray about what God wants us to do. And we got asked at our church shortly after, as we started thinking about that and praying by the pastor if we would consider helping with the youth ministry. God was revealing himself to us. He was was answering our prayer. He was giving us an invitation as we were seeking him and seeking to follow him. And he will do the same for you. This has happened over and over and over again in my life. We will find God when we respond to the light he gives us. But that only gets us so far. Look at what happens next for the Magi. Next, they receive the light of God's word. And it's back to Matthew 2. It says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. Now, this is, again, the chief priests are telling uh, uh, Herod uh, where where, uh, uh, Jesus was to be born. It says this, For this is what the prophet has written, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least 
among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. The, now, why did the wise men go to Jerusalem? Well, the wise men go to the king of the Jews to find the king of the Jews. And I want you to notice that God directs them. So he brings them to Jerusalem. People have often called this story um, the wise men and the unwise king. And they go to the king. And the king is an enemy of Jesus, but they don't know that. The king is, uh, uh, Alex shared this last week, this guy's uh, crazy and he's a genius. That's a dangerous combination. And he has power. You add that trifecta, you have trouble. But here's the point. God can use anyone to direct us. And so they receive God's word and that helps them take their next steps on their journey to find Jesus. Uh, and they move forward on their journey as they receive God's word. Now, this is important to understand about the Magi. They were previously exposed to God's word somewhere because they knew they were looking for the king of the Jews. And most scholars believe the Magi had certain parts of the Old Testament. Remember, the Israel of Judah was exiled to Babylon. And Daniel, who is a, a, a wrote a book of the Bible, was uh, became a Magi. And he eventually became a chief Magi. So he was a Jewish follower of God who got ex exiled to Babylon. God put his hand on Daniel. We won't go into all the details. And eventually Daniel became the chief Magi. And Daniel received many prophecies about the coming Messiah. And obviously he shared God's word with them. So they probably had the Torah, the old part of the Old Testament. And of course, Daniel had prophecies he knew. So clearly they had some information. And I don't know this, I can't prove this, but Daniel may have even shared a prophecy from Numbers, which is probably a part of the scripture they had. Numbers 24, 17 says, listen to this. A star will arise in Judah and a king will come from Israel. They're going looking for the star. They're going looking for the king. And it's this beautiful thing. Clearly, Daniel helped prime the pump and God even used Israel's exile in Babylon to now help some of these Babylonians experience God's truth and, and as he reveals himself to them. But this is what they did know from their astronomical sighting. Where is he who is born the king of the Jews? And so they didn't have all that information, but God gives them scripture now to help them understand and, and reveal who he is, where he is, and helps them take their next step. Here's my question for, for us. Like, where is God bringing light to you in his word? I want you to think about that. Where is God bringing light to you in his word? God made so many promises. God has revealed himself in so many ways throughout scripture. He revealed himself to Abraham, who, who then went on a journey um, to go where God led him to go. And he would be a blessing to many nations. God revealed himself to Moses that he would free his people from Egypt. But it took a long time of suffering to get there. God uh, revealed himself to Peter and told Peter he'd be a fisher of men. 
And he eventually would preach to thousands. But Peter had to go through the dark night of the soul where he denied Christ. And, and just because God reveals himself to us doesn't mean it's just going to be an easy journey. There's obstacles and difficulties to overcome. Many of people in scripture are examples to us and they received guidance, but they still had to persevere in faith. Let me say that again. God is looking to build our faith and he wants us to grow in that. For example, Psalm 119 says this, your word, which I shared at the beginning, is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. And the truth is much of God's guidance for us is about how we should live as we seek him and as we seek to live the way he created us to live. And he promises as we do that, he will guide our steps. So Jesus said, go and make disciples. So you and I should be about knowing Jesus and helping other people know and follow Jesus. He says, love one another. As you think about obeying that today, who are the people immediately around you? And how, what does it mean to obey that scripture and love one another? That's part of God's guidance for our life. Uh, husbands, love your wives. What does it mean for me to follow God on the journey I'm on today and love my wife? It, scripture says, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. I've seen so many people who claim to follow Christ, but they won't forgive people. They, don't, they won't release them from their, the sins they've committed. And um, the Bible says, confess your sins to one another. When's the last time we've confessed? Because you see, part of God's word and part of obeying God's word is not about us getting answers from God or God being some kind of um, celestial vending machine where you can just put in the prayer coin and cha-ching and we get what we want. It's about us knowing God and being formed into the likeness of Christ. And as we're living the way God lives us, he promises to guide us. Listen to what Isaiah 30 says here, verse 21. He says, when you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So God promises to guide us. We follow his word and, and, and we go the way God calls us to go. He says, hey, do your work as though you're working for me. He says, follow my example. Serve others as I, as I came as a servant. And, um, and we saw God do this over and over again in our lives. And, and I want to encourage you to live that out in your life. But here's the question. Where is God revealing himself to you in his word? Where's the word that he's calling you to hear and listen to? Because the key is not that we just hear the word. The Magi will not move forward and experience God by simply hearing the word. They have to obey it. And only as they obey it do they eventually end up at the feet of Jesus. And that is true for you and for me this Christmas. God doesn't want you just to have presents and, and a nice time and some fun community and maybe a family meal. He wants us to experience him this Christmas. And it happens as we respond to the light he gives us through his word. And lastly, we see this. They receive the light of God's presence. Look at, look at what the, the happens next for the Magi. After they had heard the king, verse 9, they went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream 
not to go back to Herod. They returned to their country by another route. The, the wise men are overjoyed because they encounter the light of God's face. They actually experience the, the, the presence of God. And when God reveals himself to us, then the question is, what do we do with that? And it says that they, they worshipped him and they bowed down and they basked in his presence. And they were so overjoyed that the God who gave them everything, they gave back gifts to him and they blessed him. They respond on their knees and them going to their knees is a sign of their acknowledgement that Jesus is the king. In that time, in the first century, for uh, those magi who were uh, magistrates, who were rulers, the only time you bowed was when you were in the presence of someone greater than yourself. And they're acknowledging him by bending their knee, by bowing down, that this is the newborn king. Are you bowing down to Jesus today? Are you worshiping him? Are you being mindful of the fact that he's present with you? Think, where is God bringing his light to you today? Through his presence, through prayer and worship. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is what Jesus promises. Listen to this from Matthew 28, 20. And surely I am with you always. Jesus promises to be with you. Our job is to be still, to be aware, to recognize his presence, to invite the spirit to fill us more and to worship him, understanding he's with us, that he will never leave us or forsake us. Are you, worship, are you, are you and I seeking God in worship? Are we giving God our worship? And this is why we need to give joyfully. They were overjoyed and they gave gifts. This is why the offering isn't just about, hey, we're, someone's trying to get your money. The offering is about us saying, God, you're so good. You've given me so many good gifts. And now I'm giving you back a portion of what you gave me. And I'm so grateful for all of you who participate in advancing the work of God through Life Church Livonia. And as we look at this building, advancing that work. But we need to understand this. It's not about us um, clinging to our stuff and, 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 and um, God, God needs our stuff or wants our stuff. God says, I want you to trust me. I want you to be a partner with me. I want you to join me. And they join God in his work. And these resources, I'll just mention the gold. Many people think that the gold that the, the Magi gave helped fund Jesus and the family's trip to Egypt and back over the two years they were gone because Herod was trying to kill him. That gift advanced the work of God in this world. And our gifts do the same thing. And it's a beautiful thing to partner with God. If we believe in him, if we trust him, we are going to have hope. And as you and I are seeking God, God's going to give us light. The light of circumstances around us where he speaks to us through things that we need to pay attention to, people, events. He's going to give us the light of his word where he's revealing his, himself to us and, and showing us how to live as we follow him. And he's going to give us the light of his presence as we be still, as we take time to be present with him in this season. 
and we will encounter the newborn king. Amen? We will. These God seekers find Jesus because they respond to the light God gives them. And you and I will find Jesus as well as we respond to the light. So here's my question. Where is God bringing light into your life today? And are you paying attention to it? Be a great thing to discuss with friends or your small group or your family. Because the key, God says, promises, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart. And the way we seek God is we respond to the light he gives us. Let's do that this holiday. And just like the Magi, let's find God. Let's find hope. And in Christ is everything you and I are looking for. You say, I want to find life. I got too many other problems. I'll worry about God later. No, no, you don't understand. Jesus is our all in all. When you find him, you find peace. When you find him, you find life. When you find him, you find purpose. When you find him, he begins to heal and redeem and renew your your life and your relationships and your world. All those things we're looking for are, are fruit of our relationship with us seeking God and finding him. So I want to pray right now that we would respond to the light he gives us. But it starts with this. Maybe today you're sensing that prompting of the Spirit and it's time for you to trust Jesus. And I want you to know He loves you. He's been longing for you. You're listening to this because He's been drawing you. And this is the light He's giving you. And the question is, will you respond to it? And we respond to it by putting our trust in Him. So will you pray with me right now? And if you're ready to receive Christ, just open up your hands as a sign of uh, openness to God. Lord Jesus, I'm inviting you right now into my life. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to reveal yourself to me. And I feel like you're doing that. I feel like I'm sensing your movement in my life. And Lord, I want to put my faith in you today. I want to trust you. I know that, Lord, that's what you long for, that I would trust in you. That this world and everything in it, there's so much more than what I can see. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would cleanse me of my sin and you'd forgive me. And Lord, you'd help me now to follow you. And Lord, help me to respond to the light you give. And I pray, Lord, that I would experience you in all all your fullness. I pray I'd experience your spirit. I am inviting you and Holy Spirit into my life right now. Fill me and help me to walk with you. And Lord, I pray that this Christmas, uh, I would experience you in a deeper way than I ever have. And Lord, for the rest of us, as we're trying to take our next steps on our journey with you, I pray that you'd open our eyes. Lord, help us to pause, to listen, to pay attention. And Lord, open our eyes to the light you're you're bringing to us today. Maybe God's prompting your heart, even right now, about a person you need to get things right with. You need to forgive them. Or maybe you need to confess to them and apologize for something you've done. Maybe there's a way you God's been putting on your heart to serve and you just haven't acted on it. I want to encourage you to respond to that light and take your next steps of experiencing God and becoming the person God created you to be. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray right now that we would see that light and that we would respond to it. 
and that you would guide and direct us as, you're, as we're with you and as you're with us all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed and uh, started made a decision to follow Jesus today or recommitted your life, would you put that in the chat and let someone know we want to help you take your next steps with God. So good to be with you. Hope to see you soon. God bless. Bye. Thank you so much, Alex Sr., for bringing us that message. I really love uh, the promise that if we seek God, that we will find him because he's seeking us in Jesus. So thank you for sharing that word this morning. Before you go, I want to bring two things to your attention. Thing number one, um, if you're interested in becoming a member here at Life Church Livonia, we have some membership classes coming up in January, and I want to invite you to be a part of that. Membership at Life Church Livonia are the people that say, this is my home church, and I'm actively involved and committed here. And members are the ones who get to make the big decisions of the church. As we move toward a permanent facility, when we get something under contract, the members will be the ones that vote to approve uh, the building purchase. When we make a budget every year, the members are the ones who vote to approve that. When we choose new leadership team members from amongst the congregation who help make the big decisions of our church, it's from the members we choose and it's the members who approve those people. So being a member here at Life Church Livonia is, a, is an act of saying, hey, this is my home church and I'm willing to be discipled by this church and I'm willing to contribute to this church and I want to be part of the main thing going on here. So I just want to invite you to consider that. And then thing number two, I want to invite you to give. And I, there are a couple different ways you can give online. You can give via PayPal or you can give via the give button on our website. And in terms of what to give to, we have our building campaign uh, that is going on right now. And we're just praising God that we, our goal was to raise $400,000 and we currently have $422,000 committed and $250,000 in hand. And so we have a, a lot of money in hand toward a building, but it's not our goal yet. And I want to invite you, if you want to see Life Church Livonia have a home base in this city, to consider giving toward the building campaign. But like I've said many times before, we need six people to decide that they're gonna start giving on a regular basis in order to fully meet our 2023 budget for what we see God wanting to do through our church. And so I wanna invite you, if you call Life Church Livonia home, to consider being one of those six. Now, if you're our guest here and just checking us out, please just be our guest. That's not for you. But if you call Life Church Livonia home and have yet to contribute financially, I just wanna let you know, God wants you to be a part of the ministry going on here. And he wants you to give your time, your talent, and your treasures. Because as we participate with those things, that's how we find that life and life to the full that comes through Jesus. It's a full participation of our lives in the family of God. Well, it was great to be with you today. I can't wait to see you on Christmas Eve. And we will see you this coming Saturday.